Okay, you should have the Igus Moshe in front of you. I want to show you two small sections. He has many chuvas on Staka. Uh, we're going to focus on the tuition issues, some of them. The maskana, according to both the Shacha and the Rama, yesterday, is that you cannot use Misa money for a Dabr Shabbat Classic example where it's very obvious is buying a Luv and Esrig, or buying Tefillin, or buying anything that you need for the proper use of mitzvahs, the Yimachuyven. There's a Chiv of you have to teach your son Torah, the parameters of which we're not going to get to tonight. When are you potter? How much do you have to do to be yay to that mitzvah is extremely important and quite complicated. You would think it's never uh, push it, something anybody has a son you have to do. Um, but as I will show you later, probably next week, it's not so push it. Uh, where the chiv stops. So in the meanwhile, for the next week, just keep going and uh, teaching your son. Will, uh, uh, the chiv might take a, might take a while. Amesha discusses tuition in the context of using some or all for uh, the chi of you're trying to potter. What you're doing when you pay tuition is you're hiring a rebbe, you're hiring shlichen to teach your children instead of you staying home from work. So that's what you're doing and that's what you're trying to accomplish. It should follow that it becomes a davish b'chayva, and the remains of Dabr Shabbat and you cannot use it for Meiser. So before we discuss that, so we have to discuss that by boys, then we have to discuss it by girls. There is no Chiv of Talmud Terror for girls. There's no Chiv of Matamaz Benechem, Beloved And yet Ramesha still says that's considered Dabr Shabbat and we'll see why. Before we get to any of that, the first piece I want to show you talks about supporting children. Bechlal is that stalker. And the Gemara makes a sound that you have a direct chiv to support children as an extension of Mezainus Ishtoi because she has to care for the young and you're taking care of her to take care of them. Interesting, the Gemara even takes that angle as opposed to a direct chiv. But it's certainly at least that. And the Gemara says the cutoff point is six years old, believe it or not. After six years old, technically they can fend for themselves. In the context of modern America, that sounds kind of unusual. Uh, keep in mind, in this country, not 110 years, 110 years ago, 120 years ago, or maybe even less than 100 years ago, they had... Uh, did you ever see the picture of the famous kid in the uh, sweatshop on that pedal machine? It's a famous... Uh, yeah, you must have seen it. The kid looked like he was nine years old. He, had, he was wearing, like, knickers, half knickers, half it were ripped. He was obviously a yasam or some... Not a yasam, but from a very poor family somewhere in the Lower East Side, and uh, he um, he was working. And there wasn't only Jewish immigrants; it was uh, much of America. And they slowly enacted labor laws in general and child labor laws and shorter work weeks. And, but in the uh, world at large, uh, many uh, young adults, young teenagers, and even children were working, especially if they were not from a privileged class, which is almost everybody, and they were starving, or they were yasemim. Or they had uh, single parents, they just couldn't make ends meet. Uh, the Gemara has a takana, that as soon as the child is an Aynas Apu'utus, he can do Mecca Chememkar. Even though Medirais say, can't be kaina, you can't buy, you can't sell, it's very hard to do business. But the Medirais the Medirais Bonon, based on Hefke, based on Hefke, you can do business. And the shear of Aynas Apu'utus is Machoikis, uh, but it could be seven, eight, nine, you know, six and over. It could, anyone, the child has enough intelligence. Mara says he has an ego, he keeps it, a uh, rock he throws away, he knows the difference, 
So basic intelligence to differentiate. But such was the way of the world. It's hard for us to imagine. But the Gemara's assumption was that once you're supporting them over this age, this tender age of six, this is already stalker maker them because you don't have a chiv. And Ramesha, this is a great deal. So according to that, uh, we would never give any tzedakah because uh, we're giving, uh, most people I know give more than Meiser and more than Chaymish in support of their children. And what about single mothers and grandparents? There's no chiv there. Single mothers. For support or for teaching terror? Oh, we'll get to tuition later. There's no chiv. Yeah, but according to Ramesha's definition by the girls, there will be a chiv, and we'll get to that. But single mothers don't have a chiv. There will be, according to Ramesha's definition. You'll see. Um, grandparents are also included. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to everybody in the list. But, uh, but right now, we're not even talking about tamateria. We're talking about support. Just basic, basic food, clothing. So Amisha updates. The Allah never changes. The application uh, has to be sometimes updated based on the svar of the original din. The original din assumed that it wasn't an absolute norm that everybody got supported over six, even though... In the context of uh, even the Gemara, that sounds a little unusual, but it wasn't always the case. And to the extent that the Gemara says somebody doesn't do this, they get up on a soapbox and they declare that he's worse than a raven who doesn't take care of their children, like they, the mamish pressure the guy. But technically, it wasn't a chiv. Yeah. It was a two-way filter, like uh, above the line or below the line, meaning very nice that it's not considered nicer. But let's say a guy is making $100,000 and he's paying, let's make it easy, and he's paying $80,000 in tuition. So now, does he only give money for 20000 No, what you just asked is, we didn't get the tuition yet, but if, if we get the tuition, just the support. Um, in general, we assume, it is a machlekes, but we assume uh, that the good news is, Amesha says, nicer <coughs> calculations start net of taxes, federal, state, and local. Very apropos, April 1st, uh, almost. And um, pay taxes. So Ramesha holds an alumnus that that's not, even though it's a living expense also, he says that's not money you ever got. It's supposed to come off the top, which often it does, and even if it doesn't, you're self-employed and you've got to give it in. But not off of expenses. If we're off living expenses, then nobody would give either any meister or very little. Because if you're lucky, you're not in the red. And if you're... Um, Quite common, you're breaking even, maybe a slight profit out of $100,000, maybe you have $5,000 less, you have to get $500 nicer a year. So, um, what does the guy have to do? No, so if, so Ramesha says a different shuva that if a guy can't afford to get nicer, he's potter, finished. And if he can't afford it this year, so I tell people to need to tefer, maybe write it down, you can pay it back. Ramesha says, even that's not a chi, because right now you can't afford it. But, but if, you, if you can afford it, meaning, uh, you have $100,000 and it costs you 90 to live and you have $10,000 to pay Meiser, then you would pay the Meiser the $10,000 as opposed to if you go with the Peskin that hold that no, no, your, your basis is only $10,000 because you had $90,000 worth of expenses then you only have a $1,000 Meiser obligation. That's not the working assumption. The, the, the minig is to, that's not the working assumption. With the, with the exception of taxes. Do regular living yeah. A mansion and then right, right, right. Tuition, but, but, tuition. So that, no, so tuition is a different. Uh, right, so we're going to discuss tuition uh, over the next uh, week or so, and uh, we'll get to the various angles on that. But just in terms of general expenses, there is a machalikas about this, but Lamaisa, we assume that, uh, that it does not include 
regular living expenses. And I think people assume as though a portion, a lot of people aren't even aware it's machalikas. But it happens to be machalikas, but we are, uh, we are machbed not to subtract that. You can subtract, it's not a machalikas in the other direction, business expenses, but direct business expenses. I don't know what you tell the IRS about your lease. Maybe you're supposed to tell them that even though the company's paying for it, you use only 46% of it for company and the rest for private. I don't know, that's between you, your accountant, and the U.S. government. If it's a legal loophole, it's legal. If it's not legal, it's not legal. But for my purposes, if you use 46% for your job and the other 54% for your private enjoyment, then that's a living expense, not a business expense. So you might want to figure out your business expenses from what you were putting on your tax returns, but you have to be, you have to be a little scrutinized a little bit more. What? What if you get a nicer car because of business? No, so that's fine. you're using 54% of the time for yourself, mm-hmm. but you'd get a condo, but now you're getting... So that's, uh, I would accept that argument, and, um, and you can subtract that. But you've got to be honest. <laughs> Not that you wouldn't be honest, huh? But you have to start figuring out in your head. You know, it's like when I stump people. I told you last week, uh, Bar Mitzvah Bacher called me, and he, uh, he just made a Bar Mitzvah, and he had $200 of nice money. That means he got $2,000 cash besides all this farm, which you, most people can say, you don't have to convert the cash to now cheshman out my that's, that's also machlekes. We'll get to all these details later, but let's assume the cash everybody holds, even though it's a gift. I give my He called me up, and he, I didn't tell you the shayla. It's so very cute. His mother got him on the phone. We just turned 13. She wants to train him how to ask Shilas. So, um, so he wanted to know, can he give the money to his yeshiva? So from experience, I know that's not a straight question. Isn't that amazing? He wants to give all the money? So I said, you want to give all the money to yeshiva? He said, yeah, it's my yeshiva. I said, by chance, would there be any Chinese auction or any raffle or anything like that? So he paused and he said, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fine, I have no problem with that. I just have to, it's important for the Shilas. Um... You know, most seventh and eighth graders don't love the yeshiva that much. That, uh, <laughs> so, um, so I said, uh, "What's the grand prize?" He said, "Chip to Israel, and then this and that." He gave me a whole long list. So good, nothing. Mitayshalosh I have no problem. The adults do this also. They have Chinese auction for adults. So I told him, I said, it would be proper to subtract the amount you would pay for such a lottery ticket to win that prize if it were not stuck. Or you're overpaying, quote unquote, for stuck because you want to be behind the yeshiva. That's beautiful. What would you pay if it wasn't the yeshiva? That's a very hard answer to come up with, especially for a 13-year-old. Um, he was pretty mature about it. He thought about it, thought about it. He said, um, maybe he was buying $200 worth of tickets. He said, maybe instead of $100 ticket, maybe I'd pay $25 a ticket. So I said, subtract that from the total. That's where he lost me. It wasn't such a complicated cheshman. I had to get his mother on the phone for that part. Uh, I said, if you're paying $100 and you would have paid $25, you take $75 from... My sir, and the $25 is your own personal hana. And the same thing, be the IRS has this, uh, Lahavdal has this calculation. When you go eat at a dinner, it says in the back of your yeshiva dinner, you can deduct the excess of $36 per plate of the delicious meal you just enjoyed for dinner because that was a direct hana. Now, I'm more making the IRS because I tell people that if they can make an honest assessment that they weren't interested in eating out, they don't even like chicken, and they can't stand steak, and they're interested in sushi, and they wouldn't have spent this money tonight, then they're going to take the whole thing off. The fact that they happen to eat it, okay, maybe the tefis on all, the Gemara Babakama, how much would the cow have eaten and that his stomach is full now, so maybe $5 or something like that. We don't have to take off, the IRS is a little bit machmer, they, they charge what would a meal like this cost in a fancy restaurant. But if you, Lavdafka, were interested in that, then you wouldn't have to take it off. So it requires an honest assessment, it's not going to be an exact uh, science. 
Uh, but that's a very important shayla for Chinese auctions, all these things. And one guy wanted to try to convince me it didn't last very long, that he would have only paid a dollar. I said, where'd you get that from? He said, I only pay a dollar for lotto. I said, yeah, the odds over there are like 700 million to one. Over here, you have a small pool and, uh, and everybody's a winner. So you would obviously pay more. And he admitted that that's probably true. So you have to try to um, figure out uh, how that works. Anyway, getting back to the topic over here. So my expenses... Uh, don't count personal expenses. Don't count with the car. If you actually paid more and you really wouldn't have gotten this car, but again, you got to figure that out, then you could take that off as well. If you're taking off an expense, a business expense, you really had to go to Israel for a business meeting, and you happen to be there once you're there, go to Kaisel and Kevarachol and and eat out and visit uh, your cousins and your children. That's okay. Also, I think in the business world they assume you're going to do that, uh, but that has to be the reason for the trip, that it was for business, now you're doing all the other stuff, not you're doing all the other stuff, and you schedule the meeting. Now, you, that might be legal for the IRS, but then the question is, how much on did you get, and how much of that was the business again? So you gotta, you gotta try to give that an honest appraisal, which is uh, sometimes uh, challenging to do. So, let's get back to the kids with the expenses. So, Medina, the Gemara, the Gemara says, six, and Ramesh has been updated on page one, the second line, L'chaim, Berei Bnei Adam, Bizman Hazem, Meaning the whole family is together and the assumption is that the father's there. It's not like the mother's with the kids. That's where this came from. The mother's with the kids in a separate era in the olden times often and he had to send for the mother. The mother's not going to let the kids go hungry. Part of his dynasty, she has sent to the kids also. Everybody's living in one house. The father's not going to let his kids go hungry and he has the achrayas socially to do it. Until such age that the minigis, they go out to work. In the 1920s, that might have been 14 in this country. Then in the 1950s, it might have been 18. In the 1980s, it might have been when they got married. And today, perhaps, it's two years after Kail. So you've got to figure out each matzah what is the common minig when they are self-sufficient. And at that point, if they still don't have the money, where the minig was they could have been self-sufficient and they're not, then you can use that, if you're still supporting them, you can use that for Misa money. If they don't do it till they're married, either family, you might remember from this year, and I'd say it about four years ago, when we learn Ksuvis, we learn Paragafapi, a very important din. A lot of husbands like to forget this din. But the Gemara says that you go by any level of support of anything he's chayef to give her based on either his family minute or her family minute, depending on which one's higher. Now, if you, mean, if you remember over there, it was maids. She comes from a family that had three maids, three livings. Well, let's make it practical. They had one living, and he came from a family that had no livings. And, um, and he could afford it. If he can't afford it, there's no discussion. He can afford it. Can she demand a living? The answer is yes. She only goes up with his many. And if she came from a family that didn't have a living, and he did, she could say, I want to live in. She said, why do you want to live in? You never grew up with one. She says, yeah, but you did. And that's why I married you. Or something like that. Uh, so then he's going to say, well, that's why I married you, because you didn't have a living. Okay, so then they go for counseling, and the counseling is very short. If they go to a rub, it just tells them what it says in Ebenezer. And the din is that he loses in that case, and you got to buy the... Uh, you got to get the maid. So, um, so that's one, one practical application. And over here, Amisha says, if the minig in her town, her family, his family, they got to put it to their married, that's the way it goes in either direction, part of Mezayin Ishtai. What if it's not an issue of expense? If the 
good reason for the Ruchnius and the family. It's not a good idea to have women. Yeah, it's that's a different story. Uh, Ruchnius as in Hilchis Yichud, or, or Stam having them underfoot, and then having Shailiz on Yontif, inviting them, and then uh, telling them they're not going to cook for you or eat at a separate table. And uh, there are a lot of issues. Having guy in the house. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then having them bring the Geshke. There are all sorts of uh, different, depending on what nationality they are. Yeah, that's the time. But it has to be his real Taina, not the Taina that he came up with after he realized he wants to save money. So again, it's the honest approach to figure out, you know, um, uh, Yehuda, you're looking like your uh, the numbers are floating around in your head. Did your did no, wife did your wife I ask you? Had a maid who came with a pork chop in her bag. Uh huh. <laughs> no wonder you were looking pale. Uh huh. You told her you smelled it, and you told her no, that. Uh huh. <laughs> the pork chop or her? The pork chop the, with her. The that, that, that she took. So she got a pot out of it, and the pork chop, everything. And she she took your it. pot, and she started making. Well, she. She didn't think she'd have food, so my mom should get whatever food she wanted. Yeah. But I get, I don't know. She just all of a sudden. Strange. Money and, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good thing you caught it. Packed it up with the. With, with, the, with, the, with the maid. With the maid. With the maid. <laughs> you know, right back to the okay. That's, that's pretty scary. At least somebody is home. And now, Ramesha says, since the meeting in America, we support them until they got married. Or further, Mamela and Yachalazina Mikasamaiser, Shu Kichoiv. This is a very important sheet that the Minig now establishes that everybody does this. You can't get away with not doing it. So therefore, it's the assumed, implied Chayv of whether it's on the Mazanisisha, whatever it is, that you're going to support the children later than six. Shaina Yachalafran Mamaiser, Vedina da Shapas Malazem. If they get of age with the derechis, they start paying their own way. And for some reason they can't or they're not, then you can use my some money. But it should be after marriage. Yeah, after marriage, I was being uh, for the for the thing. You can use uh, you can use my anyway. I say that because it, it, there was a time maybe in Europe. The assumption is they used to save money, they used to live together, and uh, perhaps they they weren't working. If they were learning, I suppose most of the time they're working unless they're learning. If they're learning, you can make the deal to assume it's a miser if that's the meaning. As per some say if it's true. If you didn't have that in mind, then that's a problem also. If the, if the assumption was, oh, you pledge the money, then that's going to be a problem. You're right. Today in America, I think they'd be moving to a different apartment by then. So then obviously they'd be supporting that. Um, enough community would be what you're asking is what happens if they're not married and they're living out of the house? So is the minig that we support them until they're married if they're not living in the house? I would guess most people have their own apartment already are probably making their pranasa, but Bob Dafkin, maybe they're in college. Why? There are plenty of guys in Eretz Yisrael. Their sons are in Eretz Yisrael. No, but they're learning. Okay. So, so if you were Yetzi Yechiv already, which we didn't get to, then you could start taking off from Isaac. If they're of age where their counterpart would have been working already and they're learning, See, and you were Yetzi Yechiv Right. Well, that's what I'm actually saying. But, so what's minute now? Right, right, right. Uh, no, so it doesn't depend. When they graduate college and they're working. And if it, it's good. So if most people... Yeah, so if, if, if they're learning and you have... The main key over there will be which we didn't address yet. If you did, then, you, then if they want to continue learning, then you can certainly use myself from that. And that's going to make a big difference. So the so question about living in the house and out of the house, uh, you know, if a child is out of the house, a girl, she's going to... Uh, 
Uh, Tal somewhere, she has a job somewhere, she's, she's rooming with somebody out of the house. If I'm out of town, she's rooming in New York for Shaduchim purposes. She's out of the house. I think the many they still get supported until they're married. So, well, you know, I have to look at each circumstance. But all Moshe is saying is it becomes a Dabash Bukhaifa, maybe you can't use my some money from it. Okay, go to the next page, page two. Hmm. Now we talk about, if you see from the title, in Yechon Lashalem Schalim Lebanon Samas Meiser. Ramesha presupposes, talks about in all the Chuvas, that you have a chiv to teach your sons, until you part of that chiv, you certainly cannot use Meiser money for tuition because the Rebbe and the Anhola are just your Shliach. So Ramesha now focuses on girls and he says something very interesting which I think is uh, almost a Dover Pasha. There are some people who argue on this, and they find it to be a Chiddush. Um, I, I, I don't understand how you can argue on this, but we'll see it inside, and you'll see uh, why I think it's Pasha. Hine, Bedover, Meshai L'Sham, Schal, Limit, Abonus, Beis Hasef, Shenikah, Beis Yaakov, Nehmoz, Meiser. Vade Yeshchili, Beis Banon, Abonus, Medini. He says, if you go back to the original Sugya, it should be a Chili between boys and girls. The Gemara says that at least Mikra, at least Chumish, maybe Tanach, you have to pay. Shulchan Aruch says later on that for Tarish Peh, you have to pay unless it's very difficult, and I'll show you later the Shulchan Aruch holds that's part of the regular Talmud Torah. It's a different way of reading the Gemara. says, if a boy's tuition, you certainly cannot take it from Iser because that's your Chiv and they're your Shliach. There's no chiv to teach them Torah. So now, if you want to use Kesav Meiser, then what would you put it under? What category? So the answer is, if they can't afford their own tuition, then you're paying for it, but isn't that part of general support? Rav Meishu said in the last shuva, whatever the minig is, that becomes a Dabash HaBachayva. So why would be the Havamin over here at the Pater? So Elamai, you don't have to. So Ramesha points out, you don't have to send to school. Ramesha points out that that's not an option. Top line. There's a truancy law. That's alive and well, by the way. I had a case last month, two months ago. I, I, never, I heard of the law. I didn't know they were makbid. Where there was a kid, Nebuch, who was out of yeshiva. And the authorities were all over, all the people involved. And he wasn't a yeshiva, it was actually, uh, he's a kid at risk or, or, or past post at risk, I don't know what you want to call, but it was a very sad case. And, um, and he was actually staying in somebody's house and they called that person and said, we know he's there and you better get him to school or else we're going to press charges against you. She called me, I was a chiddush. That this is what, uh, with all the uh, muggings and uh, gangsters and drug trafficking, they still have policemen who do this. They're truancy officers. They, they, the answer is yes. I was impressed. They wanted him in school, and they were running out of patience. So uh, we frankly tried to get him in somewhere, and then they kept sending nasty letters. And they said, if he's not, if it's not done by this date, we're putting him in public school, which is not good to what I'm about to say, but they were going to put him somewhere. And uh, we got him in somewhere at the last minute. But I was just surprised that um, this is what Moshe is saying. This is a law, and you've got to have him at school. So, you don't have to send him to public school necessarily. You're allowed to have the option of going to private schools. 
for Jewish private schools and Muslim private schools and Catholic private schools, whatever you want. But you can go to private schools. Shanimsa, now Mesha says, if you don't pay tuition and get her into Beis Yaakov, he said, you might not have a chiv tamatera for your daughter, but you have a chiv of chinuch, and you have a chiv to make sure she grows up from. If you send her to the public school, certainly nowadays, by and large, she will not be from. We all have grandparents, or maybe parents, and maybe her great aunts that went to public school in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, and they grew up from. A lot of them didn't, first of all. The reason you know all the ones who grew up from is because the reason you're from is because they remain from. So, of course, you're not going to know. But that, I can't say it was the exception, but it was, wasn't in the bag, and it's extremely dangerous, and today it's uh, came out impossible. And uh, public schools have changed, and it wasn't for the better. Uh, and Ramesha says, that's a bottom five chiv, so you're back to square one again. It's a davr shebechayva, not because lamatam es benasechem, there is no chiv, it's because you got to send it to a from school, because if you don't, they're going to go for derch. And Mamela, it's now a davr shebechayva, and therefore you can't use it from Meisr money. Gam lurish, the abitok sheil ham, Hashem tarasal, the kaim kalmatsvaisav, af behotsal's mama, melo hu davr shebechayva, and therefore it's not from the Meisr category. And there are those who want to argue on this. I don't see how you argue. It's a davish b'chav. You got to do this. Part of the regular support. And that's the minute you got to send them to school. And if you don't send them to any school, so you say, "Well, you can homeschool them." So I knew you, you would ask that. So the answer is, homeschooling is technically allowed in this state. Uh, don't do it. It's uh, rare exceptions where it's needed and successful. Socially, it's very difficult to do. The kid needs friends, and um, homeschool the kid. Unless there's a very good reason, sometimes necessary. It's something that's not the regular thing to do. And Mamela, that's not considered an option. And uh, Ramesha says, therefore, it's a Dosh of Achayvah. So now, not only is tuition for boys, for one reason, the Matam is Benechem, tuition for girls becomes a Dosh of Achayvah because the alternative is Osir. That's Ramesha's starting point, and uh, we'll continue with Mitzvah Shem the Chuva next week.